Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 1. And I'm going to warn you, we're going to read not near as many passages as last week, but we're going to use our Bible some tonight. Um, Last week we covered probably 100 different verses or more. It's not going to be that in-depth, but I want to help you tonight. Hebrews chapter 7, verse number 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem, notice that statement, circle the word king, king of Salem, priest, circle that word, of the most high God, who met Abraham returning from the slaughter of the kings and blessed him, to whom Abraham also gave a tenth part of all, uh, first being by interpretation, king of righteousness, notice that statement, And after uh, that, also king of Salem, which is king of peace. Notice those three statements right there. King of righteousness, king of Salem, king of peace. Without father, without mother, without descent, having neither a beginning of days nor end of life, but uh, made like unto the Son of God, abideth a priest continually. Now... Last week, we talked about the order of Melchizedek. And what I showed you last week, and we used probably nearly 100 verses, and uh, we were showing that Jesus is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek and not after Levi. The Levites were the sons of Aaron. That was the Levitical priesthood that came under Moses in the wilderness with the tabernacle and then eventually the temple. Everybody remember that? And Jesus did not come from the tribe of Levi. He came from the tribe of Judah. He is a high priest after the order of Melchizedek, not after Levi. Denominationalism, Catholicism, uh, Judaism, most of your religions of the world follow the Levitical priesthood, not the order of Melchizedek. Now, I want to help you with something tonight. Uh, this is so important because God knew that man, and especially the Hebrew nation, would pervert the priesthood into something that God never intended it to be. Tonight, I want us to look just a bit more closely at this word priest or priesthood as God sees it and not by the tradition of men. Key statement, not by the tradition of men. Many people in this room, you've been in church a long time, many different denominations represented. There's Baptists that have been like me, growed up in Baptist churches, and we were taught wrong because we were taught by the tradition of men and not what the Word of God said. Now, I want to help you tonight. If you miss this, the next two minutes, the last two weeks and tonight, you lose everything. Listen to these statements very carefully here. God wanted to be the head of the government of the Hebrew nation. He wanted to lead the Hebrew nation. He said, I will be to you a God and you shall be to me a people. Now, it was not a religion that he was starting. He was starting a nation. And he did it through Abraham. He did not start a religion, though God was going to be the head of their government. 
You have to understand something. Just because God leads something doesn't make it religion. Everybody catch that? Okay, now hang on. He wanted to lead the nation of Israel. The tabernacle was the, I'm going to use a little oxymoron here. It was a portable building. Best way to say it. It was a tent that they took with them. And that was their, that eventually became the temple. And that portable building or the temple was where God would come once a year and lead the nation. They would, uh, and that is kind of the capital of the nation of Israel. It just followed them through the wilderness. Does that make sense to everybody? That was the seat of government, literally in some ways. Uh, but that's how the Hebrew nation functioned. The priests were the government workers. They were not religious leaders. They were government workers. And they carried out all God wanted as a government. Listen to this statement. We sang a song a little while ago, and it, it it goes right along with this. It was the prophets who were the religion, not the priests. It was the prophet who anointed the king. Samuel anointed Saul and David. God spoke through the prophets, Elijah, Elisha, on and on. By the way, God called Moses a prophet. He wasn't the leader of the nation of Israel. God was. He was the man that went to God, who then went to the priests to lead the nation. The prophet was the one that you think is the word priest. Everybody doing okay? Now, priests were part of the government long before Moses came on the scene. We saw, uh, and, and I'll show you here in a little while, but last week we talked about Melchizedek being the priest. That's in Genesis chapter 14. That's over 500 years before Abraham. That's almost a 1,000 years before Moses. Everybody doing Okay. Joseph, while he was in Egypt, had, they had priests. And they were government workers. God's government was to be holy, not religious. There's a difference between religious and holy. With God being the leader of the government, he wanted his people to be a holy people, not a religious people. Everybody doing okay? Uh, stay with me. Say, so, well, all of the sacrifices and all of the offerings and all of the, uh, the holy days and different things. What was that all about, preacher? Uh, how many of you have to pay taxes? Raise your hand. Yeah, all of us do. How many of you, uh, and I don't, I'm not going to ask you to raise your hand on this one because Brother Scott would have to borrow some hands. How many of you have ever had to pay a traffic citation? Okay, you broke the law, all right? I told you, don't raise your hands. I'm not your, I'm not your pope. Don't confess to me, amen? Now, wait a minute. You say, what if, 
was that religious? No, that was, okay, just like if you go to the doctor, you have to pay the bill. Just like if you go to the meat market, you got to pay for your food. Now watch this. The sacrifices and all those things, and I'll, I'll show you. After tonight, go back and read the book of Leviticus. All of those things were received for health care, for violations, which are sins, trespasses, transgressions against people. For murdering and different things, for the injury of another animal or another person, uh, for cleanliness and for uh, sanitation and all those things. All of those things were brought as taxes and the taxes paid for the priest to enforce all of the laws. Everybody doing okay? Now, uh, I want you to understand something. <laughs> Let me just jump right into it. Number one, Melchizedek was a king and a priest. Look at uh, Hebrews chapter 7 again. Look at verse number 1. For this Melchizedek, king of Salem. Notice that statement, king of Salem. Priest of the most high God. Go down to verse 2. To whom... Also, Abraham gave a tenth part of all, first being by interpretation, king of what? Righteousness. And after that, also king of Salem, which is the king of peace. Now look at me. Melchizedek was called the king of Salem, the king of righteousness, the king of Salem or peace. The Hebrews to this day use the word shalom. Shalom means peace. You have the city of Jerusalem, the city of peace. Everybody doing okay? I'm going to show you something here in a second. Go to Genesis chapter 14. All the way back, first book of the Bible. Genesis chapter 14. I'm going to further establish why the, the, the priesthood was a governmental form. Now, not government in the, in the sense of what we have today with the, the filthy stuff going on in America. But God leading a nation as a government. Look at uh, Genesis chapter 14, verse number uh, 18. And Melchizedek... King of where? Salem. Remember that word? Salem, peace. Uh, went out to meet him after his return from the slaughter of the, uh, yeah, that feller, and of the kings that were with him at the valley of Shaveh, uh, which is the Kingsdale, and Melchizedek, king of Salem, brought forth bread and wine, and he was a priest of the Most High God. Oh. So you could be a king and a priest at the same time. Everybody see that? Yes. Now, you have to remember, Jesus was after the order of Melchizedek. We read in Hebrews 7, we won't read it again, verse number 3, talking about that he had no beginning or end. He had no mother or father. 
There's no recording of his beginning or the end. Now, Mr. Schofield's wrong when he says that this is a prefigure of Jesus, that this was Jesus in the Old Testament. Eh, wrong answer. Because had Jesus been Melchizedek, we would be in the millennial kingdom. He had to become the lamb before he became the king. But Melchizedek was a picture of what Jesus would be. You say, well, what's this thing of the order of Melchizedek? Well, there was an order of the Levitical priesthood. And the order of the Levitical priesthood was the eldest son of the high priest took it over. Then his eldest son and down the line. Now watch this. Uh, Melchizedek had no beginning of days nor ending. So what's the order of Melchizedek? Melchizedek and Jesus. They're the only two. And they're the only two that could be king and priest of the Most High God at the same time. Now, we're going somewhere. Hang on. He was not a pope who led a government and a religion. The word priest there was not in reference to religion. It was in reference to being able to serve the people. To accept the sacrifices of the people. Uh, sometimes I'll go out soul winning or I'll be somewhere. And somebody said, well, I can't go to church, but here's my tithe. Will you take it? Nope. Preacher, you're not going to take somebody's tithe? Nope. Send it through the mail. I'll flip him a dollar bill and say put a stamp on it. Say why? Because I'm not handling the money. I don't touch the money. First time I do that, that's called soliciting. I'm taking money for services of the church. I've just violated the law. Everybody doing okay? A lot of times somebody, oh, I missed the offering. Can you put this in? Tell you what, go find one of the men. Go find one of my, my board members. There's one of them there. There's one there. Go give it to them. They'll take care of it. I don't touch it. You say, why, preacher? <laughs> Keeps me safe. Keeps you safe. Keeps our records clear. See, you get a little uh, far-fetched on that. I trust you, preacher. I know you do. And I trust me. But it still doesn't make it right. Avoid all appearance of evil. Everybody doing okay? He was the king. Melchizedek was the king of Peace, the king of Salem. Now, <laughs> take your Bible, turn to Isaiah. I'm about to shout. Psalms, Proverbs, Ecclesiastes, Song of Solomon, Isaiah chapter 9. Now look at me. Remember, we're talking about God's government for the Hebrew nation, not the government for America, not the government of the world. This was God's government for the Hebrew nation. Now, remember the term Salem, peace, righteousness. Remember those 
He was the king of those three things, correct? Watch this. Verse number six. For unto us a child is born. Unto us a son is given. And the what? Government Government shall be upon his shoulder. And his name shall be called Wonderful Counselor. Counselor is the word that you would use for lawyer. The mighty God, the everlasting Father, the Prince of what? Peace. Peace. Shalom. Salem. By the way, where will Jesus rule and reign from? The city of Jerusalem. Of the increase of his religion? No, government. And the peace, and peace, uh, there shall be no end. Upon the throne of David and upon his kingdom, to order it, to establish it with judgment and with justice from henceforth forever. The zeal of the Lord will perform this. And it's talking about Jesus here being the prince of peace. Everybody doing okay? Jesus is also called the king of righteousness. Everybody doing okay? Now, you have to understand something. Those are all political terms. Wonderful, counselor, the mighty God, means all-powerful, the everlasting father, the prince of peace. Of his government there shall be no end. Notice those were talking about governmental terms, not religion. Now watch this. Good, I have some time. Melchizedek was a prefigure of Jesus, but he was not Jesus. Okay, um, and I'll, I'll go to these verses in a moment. But in Romans, if you want to get a head start while you're turning to Romans chapter 5, we, we sometimes talk about Adam and then we call Jesus the second Adam. You all know what I'm talking about? Okay, go to Romans chapter 5. Romans chapter 5. Just as we take Jesus after the order of Melchizedek, you have Adam, the first Adam that sinned, and the second Adam, who is Jesus. Of who was the figure that we were to be like. We were created in his image. Right? Look at Romans chapter 5, look at verse number 12. Wherefore, as by one man, sin entered into the world and death by sin. So death passed upon all men, for that all have sinned. For until the law, that wasn't spiritual, sin was in the world. But sin is not imputed when there is no law. Nevertheless, death reigned from Adam to Moses, even over them that had not sinned after the similitude of Adam's transgression, who is the figure of him that was to come. But not as the offense, so also is the free gift. For if through the offense of one many be dead, much more the grace of God. And the gift by grace 
which by one man, Jesus Christ, hath abounded unto many. And not as it was that uh, one that sinned, so is the gift. For the judgment was by one to condemnation, but the free gift is of many offenses unto justification. For if by one man's offense death reigned by one, much more they which receive the abundance of grace and of the gift of righteousness shall reign. That sounds like politics, right? Leading, reigning in life by one Jesus Christ. Therefore, what, what, what's the word therefore? That means this. You go before to find out what it's there for. So it's talking about Jesus and Adam being one. Look, therefore, as by the offense of one, judgment came upon all men to condemnation. Even so, by the righteousness of one, the free gift came upon all men under the justification of life. For as by one man's disobedience, many were made sinners, so by the obedience of one shall many be made righteous. Moreover, the law entered into that offense, notice the word law, entered in the offense, might abound. But where sin abounded, grace did much more abound, that as sin hath reigned unto death, even so might grace reign through righteousness unto eternal life by Jesus Christ our Lord. Now I want you to notice something. Just as Adam was the first Adam and Jesus is the second Adam, and we'll see that in a moment, you have Melchizedek, and Jesus after the order of Melchizedek. Go to 1 Corinthians chapter 15. A few pages over, 1 Corinthians chapter 15. Look at verse 22. 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse number 22. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. But every man in his own order, Christ the firstfruits, afterward that they are Christ at his coming. Then cometh the end when he shall have delivered up the kingdom to God, even the Father, when he shall have put down all rule and all authority and all power. Hmm. In other words, he's going to be king. Skip down to verse number 44. It is sown in a natural body. It is raised a spiritual body. There is a natural body and there is a spiritual body. And so it is written, the first man, Adam, was made a living soul. The last Adam was made a quickening spirit. How be it that was not the first which is spiritual, but that which is natural and afterward that which is spiritual. The first man is of the earth, earthy. The second man is the Lord from heaven. Notice the word Lord. That's a political term. As the earth, uh, as the earthy, such are they also that are earthy. And as is the heavenly, such are they that are heavenly. I'm going to stop right there for a second. Notice God talks about the first Adam and the second Adam. Just like you have Melchizedek in the one that's after the order of Melchizedek. Adam and Jesus were not the same person. Melchizedek and Jesus are not the same person. 
but there is a likeness to them as far as what Jesus is setting up to be. Now, number three. Are you ready? Hang on. Got to wet the whistle. God did not want the priesthood or the government to be its own religion. God never intended for the government to be the religion. Everybody look at me for a second. (laughs) The Levitical priesthood was set up to run the nation of Israel. We have county commission. We have the sheriff's department. We have the planning commission. God help us. We have the building commission. That's even worse. Uh, We have all these other areas of local government. Then you have state government. Then you have federal government. And the employees of government would be akin to the priests. Now listen to me. There was only one high priest I was talking to Brother Aaron about this in the last week or so. Do you know what the job of most of the priests were? They were butchers. They were taking the sacrifices and gutting them and skinning them, putting them on the fire and pulling out the parts that needed to be pulled out so that the government workers had food to eat. It was a giant slaughterhouse taking care of the guts and burying them outside the camp. It was hunting 365 days a week without going out. I'm not kidding. You read through the book of Leviticus and find out what the priest did. Only one time a year did the high priest take a sacrifice into the Holy of Holies And the Shekinah glory of God would come down and God said, I'll be with you for the next year as your leader. And it was a in that tabernacle, just like the true tabernacle, Hebrews chapter 8, that God rules from in heaven. It was a matter of politics. When a lady had a baby, they would circumcise the man child after eight days. I think it's after 15 days or forget how many days or 21 days, if they had a, had a daughter, and they had to bring a sacrifice to that. They were paying taxes on it. That's how it worked. Then they were pronounced clean. There was uncleanness. They, they, if you had a spot, you had to have it looked at by the priest. They were the medical Professionals telling whether it was uh, something that was communicable, whether it was uh, leprosy or not. There was things that they had to do and all these different things going on. Then you had everything being brought. That was to take care of the nation of Israel. <laughs> the Ten Commandments, preacher, that's the law. That's civil law. It w- you could keep all the Ten Commandments and die and go to hell. Not one of the Ten Commandments will get you to heaven. Everybody doing okay? Well, what about the the moral laws? Yeah, that was cleanliness, sanitation. If you read through the book of Leviticus sometime soon, and just, not, not tonight, not while I'm preaching, but 
uh, I looked through the entire book of Leviticus in, in the last 48 hours. I read every word of the book of Leviticus in, a, in just a couple of hours. There was not one thing in there that had to do with religion. It was all in reference to government and law, 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 law. Well, Old Testament's law, New Testament's grace. No. By faith, Abraham. By faith, Adam. By faith, Noah. Salvation is by faith. Letting God lead a nation was by the law of God. And he used the priests to do it. Now, the Levitical priesthood was filled by sinful, dying human beings. Now, I'm going somewhere with this. Take your Bible, turn to 1 Samuel chapter 13. I'm going to show you something that might shock you. 1 Samuel chapter 13. And I am not going to go into this in depth. I'm going to give you about a two-minute review, and then we're going to read a couple of verses here. 1 Samuel chapter 13. Now, remember... God intended for him to be the leader of the nation of Israel. They wouldn't listen to him. So then God gave them judges. That's what the book of Judges is all about. Then they didn't want judges. They kept chiding. And in the book of 1 Samuel, they said, we want a king like all the other nations. He said, no, you don't. He said, because I'm still going to take my tithe. Because I will be the leader of Israel. Now watch this. He said, if you appoint a king, he's going to make your children work for him. They're going to work in the bakeries and they're going to do this and they're going to do that. They're going to take your sons and your daughters and you're going to be paying them in taxes. But you're still going to pay me because I am going to be the leader of the nation of Israel. Now watch this. Something happens. The first, uh, the prophet Samuel anoints a man named Saul. Saul of Tarsus. And he's a goodly young man. Uh, not Saul of Tarsus, but uh, Saul of Kish. Anyway, uh, Saul of Tarsus is Paul. Sorry. I'm on too many drugs right now. Um, but I want you to notice something. Do you remember Saul was a good young man and then he got full of pride? That's where we pick up in 1 Samuel chapter 13. Look at verse number 6. When the men of Israel saw that they were in a strait, for the people were distressed, then the people did hide themselves in caves and in thickets and in rocks and in high places and in pits. And some of the Hebrews went over Jordan to the land of Gad and Gilead. As for Saul, he was yet in Gilgal. And all the people followed him trembling. And he tarried seven days according to the set time that Samuel had appointed. But Samuel came not to Gilgal, and the people were scattered from him. And Saul said, "Uh Uh-oh, bring hither a burnt offering to me, and peace offerings. And he offered the burnt offering. And it came to pass 
that as soon as he had made an end of offering the burnt offering, behold, Samuel came. And Samuel went out to meet him, that he might salute him. Let me ask you a question. Was it the king's job to offer the sacrifice? That was the priest's job, the high priest, the man of God. Watch this. And Samuel said, what hast thou done? And Saul said, because I saw that the people were scattered from me and that thou camest not within the days appointed, that the Philistines gathered themselves together at Michmash, Therefore said I, the Philistines will come down now upon me to Gilgal, and I have not made a supplication unto the Lord. I forced myself, therefore, and offered the burnt offering. And Samuel said to Saul, that was done foolishly. Thou hast not kept the commandment of the Lord thy God, which he commanded uh, thee. For now would the Lord have established thy kingdom upon Israel forever. But now thy kingdom shall not continue. And the Lord hath sought him a man after his own heart. And the Lord hath commanded him to be captain over the people. Because thou hast not kept that which the Lord commanded thee. Uh Uh-oh. Can I put it in 2024 terms? Saul got a little too big for his britches. Saul said, well, the man of God's running late. I don't have time, so I'll do what the man of God's job is, and I'll be the king and also the priest. We have a problem, Houston. As soon as he was done, Samuel came. Isn't it amazing? You get done doing something you ought not do, and the preacher shows up. (laughs) Or the preacher calls. Yeah, that's how Saul felt. And it was so bad that Samuel said, Saul, it was going to be that Jesus' lineage to the king, to the throne was going to follow through your, your line, your family. But because you overstepped as king and tried to be priest and king, God's going to take that away from you. God will raise up another king from a different family and your children and your your heritage will never sit upon the throne. Why? Because King Saul tried to mix politics and religion. He tried to be the religious leader and do that which was not his to be done. It was the man of God's job. Now watch this. (laughs) Melchizedek was king and priest. Jesus is after the order of Melchizedek. He is king and high priest. Saul was trying to play Jesus by being both. He was lifting himself up as God. By the way, that's exactly where the Catholic Church began under Constantine in 330 AD. 
Constantine was the leader of the Roman Empire, and he said, I am only leading the people in civil areas. I will have more power if I can take over the religion, so I will start a universal religion in the Roman Empire that I will be the head of so that I can lead them religiously and politically. Do your research. You see, king was a new position and required submission to God's man. Saul chose to be both God's man and the leader as king. And he overstepped his bounds. Melchizedek means righteous. It means judge. It means Lord. It means minister. It means righteousness or justice. Do you know that in Europe right now, if you went to their political chambers, you have the lords of the commons? They still use the word lord. We use the word minister in our government. The minister of defense. Many of the terms we still use in our government. Everybody doing okay? Hang on. Jesus is called the Lord, the righteous judge, the governor, the king of kings, the Lord of lords, the minister, the counselor, the prince of peace, the mighty God. Because he came after the order of Melchizedek, not Levi. The Levites were there to carry out the administration of the government of the Hebrew nation. I'm not talking about an American government. I'm talking about the Hebrew government. To whom God wanted to be the leader. Now, I will finish on time. Hang on. Read the book of Leviticus soon. It's all about the laws of the civil government. None of the laws mentioned in the book of Leviticus have anything to do with going to heaven. Not a one of them. If you go to the bathroom, you've got to take a paddle with you and dig a hole and put it in. Okay, that has anything to go with going to heaven? No, it's sanitation. Talks about uh, defining what is cleanliness and not cleanliness. And it's talking about incivility. Talking about what to do when brother goes against brother or you borrow somebody's ox and it, it dies and what you do and how you go about it or somebody steals something, how do you replace it? All those things are civil issues. They are not religious issues. Every last one of them. Now, turn to the book of Galatians chapter 2. 1st and Corinthians Galatians bless you Galatians chapter 2 look at verse number 14 we're going to read two long passages I'm going to make three or four statements and then we're going to pray and be done here we go Galatians 2 14 but when I saw 
that they walk not uprightly according to the truth of the gospel. I said unto Peter before them all, If thou be, uh, if thou being a Jew, livest after the manner of Gentiles, and not as do the Jews, why compellest thou the Gentiles to live also as the uh, as do the Jews? We who are Jews by nature, and not sinners of the Gentiles, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the what law but by the faith of Jesus Christ. Even when we have believed in Jesus Christ, that we might be justified by the faith of Christ and not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law shall no flesh be justified. In other words, all the things, all the legal things that they're trying to keep from the Levitical priesthood as laws for righteousness doesn't get anybody to heaven because it wasn't religious. Verse 17, but if while we seek to be justified by Christ, we ourselves also are found sinners, is therefore Christ the minister of sin? God forbid. For if I build again the things which I destroyed, I make myself a transgressor. For I, through the law, am dead to the law that I might live unto God. I am crucified with Christ. Nevertheless, I live, yet not I, but Christ liveth in me in the life which I now live in the flesh. I live by the faith of the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not frustrate the grace of God. For if righteousness come by the the law, then Christ is dead in vain. Skip down to chapter 3, verse number 5. He therefore that ministereth to you the Spirit... And worketh miracles among you, doth he it by the works of the law or by the hearing of faith? Even as Abraham believed God and it was counted to him for righteousness. Oh, wasn't the keeping of the law? No. He said he believed God and it was counted unto him for righteousness. And the scripture foreseeing that God would justify the heathen through faith preached before the gospel unto Abraham, saying, In thee shall all religions be blessed. Oh no, nations be blessed. So then they which be of the faith are blessed with faithful Abraham. For as many as that are by the works of the law are under the curse, for it is written, Cursed is every one that continueth not in all things which are written in the book of the law to do them but that no man is justified by the law in the sight of God. It is evident for the just shall live by faith. And the law is not of faith, but the man that doeth them shall live in them. Christ hath redeemed us from the curse of the law, being made a curse for us, for it is written, Cursed is everyone that hangeth on tree, that the blessing of Abraham might come on the Gentiles through Jesus Christ, that we might receive the promise of the Spirit through faith. Brethren, I speak after the manner of men, though uh, it be but a man's covenant, yet it be confirmed, no man disannulleth or addeth thereto. Now to Abraham and to his seed we were the promises made. He said, saith not, and to the seeds as of many, but as of one, and to thy seed 
which is Christ. And this I say, that the covenant that was confirmed before of God in Christ, the law which was 430 years after, cannot disannul that it should make the promise of none effect. Ooh. For if the inheritance be of the law, it is no more the promise of God that gave it to Abraham by promise. And I, I'm going to stop there, but if you read the rest of the chapter, skip down to verse 26. Uh, verse 25. But after that faith has come, we are no longer under the schoolmaster, which is the law. For you are all the children of God by faith in Christ Jesus. For as many of you as have been baptized into Christ have put on Christ. There is neither, there, there is neither Jew nor Greek. There is neither bond nor free. There is neither male nor female. For you are all one in Christ Jesus. If ye be Christ, then are ye Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Now look at me. God never intended the priesthood to be religious. They were the government workers for the Hebrew nation. The religion came through, and I use that term in quotation marks, through the prophets, through the word of God. You see, God knew that we sinful humans would pervert this thing of the priesthood and turn government into God. Look where we're at today. People believe anything the government tells them. They do. This is why the order of Melchizedek is so important. It takes the Levitical priesthood totally out of the equation. By the way, that's why when Jesus was crucified, when he said, Eloi, Eloi, lama sabachthani, my God, my God, why hast thou forsaken me? And he gave up the ghost, the veil in the temple was rent from top to bottom. Because that gave God and our man direct access to God and there was no need for the temple any longer because God had established the church and not until the millennial kingdom will Jesus rule in Jerusalem and not until heaven will God reign from the true tabernacle, Hebrews chapter 8, in heaven. We are all Abraham's seed if we're saved. It's not a matter of being Jew or Gentile. It's a matter of all being one in Christ. But the priests were not religious. They were the tax collectors, the butchers, the bakers, the candlestick makers, all that kind of stuff. Uh, all of those things came by the priests doing that work, and that's what kept them fed. That's where they attained their uh, ability to make a living. That's what the order of Melchizedek is all about. Every head bowed, every eye closed. I gave you a lot of material. May we be willing to let God interpret Scripture with Scripture. May we take the traditions that we've received and throw them out the window and take what God said.